Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast. A real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest was raised in a poor neighbourhood southeast of Brazil in a family of heavy drinkers. When she was four years old, her father had a heart attack and died. She had a rough childhood with lots of struggles and violence, sexual, physical and mental abuse that brought a lot of pain and fear into her life. She started drinking heavily to numb the pain and hopelessness when she was around 12 years old. The addiction to alcohol and the destructive behaviours were a big part of her life for many years. When she was 26 years old and with a three-year-old daughter, she finally moved to the US. She was so thirsty for a change that she taught herself English in the first year, worked in a variety of different jobs, including house cleaner and as a prepper that became a painter at an auto body shop, all the while taking night classes and being a single parent to her daughter. Finally, after a few years of hard work, she got what she wanted, a nine to five job. She was still drinking heavily and feeling miserable. And that's when something started changing inside of her. She started rethinking her life and decisions. There was this subtle voice that always always reminding her of her father's premature death. She realized that something had to change or she would end up like her father. And just the thought of her little girl losing her to alcohol was unbearable. But I'm not going to tell you the whole story as I'm going to let her tell you how she found herself and got over her alcoholism. Well, what a story, what a journey. Welcome, Mayara Souza. I hope I've pronounced that all correctly, to the podcast. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Claire. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you. No, I can't. Can't wait to hear this story. And then like, I know where this is going and everyone who's listening to this doesn't, but I can't wait to hear where this goes as well. So, hey, look, I, I've told your, told your story up until the point where you, like, have a realisation. Sorry, I've gone croaky. <clears throat> have a realisation that you had to change something because otherwise you're going to end up like your dad um, and your little girl your wonderful little girl was going to be on her own. And so you went, right, need to pull my socks up and get things sorted. So, like, what happened? How did you deal with that? Because you're sitting in front of me looking very together and sober <laughs> and, like, Well, thank you. Good. <laughs> yeah, I consider no, myself okay. pretty together today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very chilled out. So, so my father... Uh, had a problem with alcohol and he passed away from a heart attack at 37 years old when I was only four years old. Wow. Yeah. And 37. Yeah. 37. It's ridiculous. Like I'm 37 today and I'm the healthiest I've been like my whole life. Yeah. It's crazy. 
So there was a lot of stress, a lot of aggression, a lot of stuff also. I would say like it it probably wasn't just the alcohol. You know, there there was a lot of emotions like, you know, we stuck and stagnated there. So childhood was pretty rough. He wasn't around. Mm. My mom was trying to figure things out by herself to raise me and my two brothers. We were kind of poor, so it makes things are difficult. And yeah. there was abuse, you know, there was physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental, psychological, emotional. So it made the childhood pretty rough to, to go through. Of course, there was, you know, like fun times per se, that I was out on the, on the street playing with my friends and stuff like that. But there was the, you know, the background that things were, were happening too. So lots of trauma. Yeah. So in school, you see like the drinking kids, they look super happy coming from where I'm coming from, you know, seeing them party and talking about this stuff. It sounds very attractive, like compared to where I'm at, right? So probably I was yeah. around like 12 years old, I joined and I started drinking. And it's funny how it's like. And I noticed that it's not only in Brazil, like it's not my isolated case because it's the all around. And then when I talk with people on podcasts all over the globe, that is, you start drinking at that age and there is this competition of who can drink more without passing out, right? So you get into that rhythm with the time, you are like extremely addicted, right? And you don't even realize it. So I was very yeah, like funny. heavily addicted to it throughout my teens, throughout my 20s, until I got to move to America on my mid-20s, finally. But then I brought the habit with me. I moved to Boston first and I met the drinking people because you get to a place and you drink. What do you do? You go to the liquor store, you go to bars. So the places you go to, you get to meet the people that are you know, drinkers. Yeah. So it kept me. Yeah. For a little while within the, the habit and the shift for me started when i was getting to my late 20s and getting close to the 30s house it's where the voice within me wow. was like well your father was 37 and by the bad time when we moved here i was on my mid-20s my daughter was three when we moved here so i was still dreaming for a few more yeah. years and this voice started kind of like coming back again and again and again. You know, you're doing the same things. You eat pretty shitty <laughs> and, you know, drinking a lot because it got, kind of goes together, right? Like if you're not caring for your health, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much all aspects. You're kind of like, eh, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I would get up in the morning, like with a terrible mood, you know, hungover and all that. And, you know, spilling over everything that I did. So I was feeling pretty miserable, you know, going to work and stuff. And it's funny because I say like, I worked for a little while doing like odd jobs and, you know, house cleaning and this and that the things that you do when you move to a new country while I was teaching myself the language. And I learned very fast because I knew I didn't want to keep doing those things. So like the first year I was fluid <laughs> and then I started, <laughs> I started looking for something like a little better that I could work like clean, you know, and stuff like that until I found my office job, you know, my nine to five. And I was like thrilled to find a nine to five job in America. <laughs> kind of like, what I yeah, right? no, it's just awesome. <laughs> And then it's fun in the beginning, you know, because everything is new and everything. And it's not and fun it's an anymore. office. And right? Yeah. But it's not fun I mean, we take, we take, the thing is, right, I think 
and I've worked in an office for a long time, right? But I think we take working in an office for granted, right? Because, like, like you said, there are other jobs that aren't so clean, that aren't so, like, nine to five e, that are hard work, right? They're a hard graft and, like, hats off to the people who do them. And, you know, we work in an office where we just rock up in, well, I rock up in anything, basically, and there's coffee there, there's tea there. You don't have to bring your own, like, coffee yeah. and tea. And yeah. yeah, anyway. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is, it's and, great. And it's funny that you say that because a lot of people say that to me. Like, when I meet people here and we start talking and stuff and we start get, getting to know each other and they get to know my story, they go like, wow, talking to you, I see how much I take things for granted. You know, <laughs> people that are born here and all that. And it, and it is, you know, because you don't know anything else. That's why they say, like, they can tell someone that is traveled, you know, because then you go to the third world countries, you get to see different things than, you know, where you're from. But You get to see yeah, poverty you know, and things like that. And it blows yeah, your mind. That other people it blows need. your mind. And, and yeah. another thing, too, is that I noticed that people that are traveled, they respect the immigrants here way more than people that just know their little town, you know? So that's very interesting, not surprising. So yeah, the, the office job was kind of cool. In the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm rocking, working, you know, like all clean and have the nine to five and don't have to work weekends and stuff like that until it wasn't, until this whole, you know, the misery that was running on the background kind of took over. It's like, it doesn't matter because the alcohol is still there. And then I would have to go to work hungover. And, you know, all of that stuff was still running on the background. And then it was this little voice, like yeah. something's got to change. Something's got to change here. Right. So the beginning of my healing process was really a research on heart conditions because I was scared because my father had a heart attack, wow. right? If he wasn't that, I would probably have continued drinking for, you know, longer and stuff. But my whole thing was the, the correlation of, he was so freaking young, 37 years old. I consider myself I know, a that's kid, <laughs> you know? So yeah. he was just too young and I was getting close to the thirties house. And that was the trigger for me to start that research kind of like, because people talk about this. They say that he runs in the family, the conditions, the diseases, the illnesses and all that. And it started to scare me. Like if a heart attack runs in my family, I'm screwed. You know, I'm, I'm not taking very good care of my health. <laughs> so I started researching on that. But the great thing was that by now we have so much, I mean, even 10 years ago when I was doing this, we have so much resources on alternative ways of caring for yourself. And I came across epigenetics, which was teaching me that the environment matters, that it's not so much the genes, that you, you don't have your fate written, that, you know, if there was a heart attack, if there was cancer, if there was this or that, you will necessarily get it. But the thing with epigenetics that I learned was that we inherit, we inherit the lifestyle. And so we turn on the same genes that our parents and our grandparents did and developed, you know, heart conditions, cancer, and diabetes, all the chronic stuff, right? Yeah. And, 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 and um, there's a very good book out there, um, which is by um, Bruce Lipton. Yes. Um, that talks about, I can't think of the title of it uh, now, but uh, for anyone who's listening, sorry, what does Biology what of Belief. 
That's right. That is right. I've read it and it's amazing. It blew my mind because it's very much about epigenetics, which is around the fact that, yes, we do have all of these genes, this DNA that's within us that basically potentially could switch on um, and we could get a disease, cancer, heart disease, um, multiple cirrhosis is another one that's there. And basically um, what he's saying is due to the environment that we live in um, and stresses from work and various different other situations, that we can, um, that our genes basically can be switched on by that and that's where we get these things. And also, have you read Gabba Mate at yeah, all? Yeah, love him. Yeah. Yeah. So Gabba Mate and I talk about him all the time on this podcast, which must drive people crazy, but he is an awesome guy, very switched on. And basically um, he's written a book. Um, oh, what's that book called? The titles are escaping me today. The body is, um, when the body says no. The body says yeah. no. Yeah, when the body says no. So good. And, and so that one is, yeah, really good, really, really good as well. So um, it's all about switching on genes and stresses and things. Yeah, yeah, and emotions, right? Cool. Yes. So that's the thing. Yes. I came across all these people and also Dr. Joe Dispenza. I cannot forget to say his name because oh. he's huge on everything that I do. So I came across these people, Very right? much so. I came across these books and these researches that they are doing and all of that. And I was like, wait a second. So yeah. if I'm not like with my faith written in that sense, and if I change the environment, I can, you know, change the way that I will develop, like uh, that I will grow old and all that. I need to change my environment. And that's hard. That's, that's, I mean, it's easier than changing the genes that are there that are inherent, right? But it's still hard because we get so conditioned, right? To do things in a certain way and all that. So I start, I, and then it's when I shift my research, not, not so much on like heart condition per se, but more on like lifestyle. How do I do it? You know, because they say like, it's great. It's what you should do. You know, eliminate substances like that, like alcohol, cigarettes, any drugs or anything like that do like eating healthier and taking better care of your mind and all that. And I'm like, but how do you even do it when you were like kind of stuck on that same cycle for many, 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 many years, you know, just on that same patterns and cycles and all of that. So that's when things started shifting because then I came across real tools that I could use. That is everything that I share with my clients today. And one of the first ones was meditation that it's like, it's still huge in my life. That's why I, I need to bring up Joe Dispenza because he does the meditations and they are yes. amazing. Oh. <laughs> Joe, yeah, just to, just to also add, um, Joe Dispenza actually does, um, you can get them on Audible of all places um, and I'm not sponsored by Audible at all, but however, if Audible wants to pay me some money to sponsor me, I'm very happy to accept <laughs> it. But um, you can get the, you can get the, um, yeah, you can get them on Audible and they're like an hour long or whatever, but you can sit there and he basically guides you through the meditation to change aspects around. So you may have one thing like, I want to stop drinking for per se yeah. sake. And um, he will help you stop yeah. that element as such. Yeah. 
Uh, well, well, assist you in meditating and dealing with it. So, yes, no, yeah. carry on, carry on. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> I know all of these people. It's really helpful. It really helps you to shift this, like, stagnation on the same, you know, way of doing things, this expansion of the way you see things, the way you are doing things. And it's just like, it's so much like we could talk here for five hours and, and it's probably there's more mm. content to talk about. Right. So meditation. And then I would try all types of meditations that you can possibly imagine I was doing until I came across the use of sound for healing. Right. Like in like meditation, right. like guided meditation, there's the sound of the voice. There's usually a background music type of tone, you know, going on. There's some of them that is the binaural beats. That is just that it's just the sound. So I came across that stuff. It started doing more and more research on that until I came to the method that I practice today. That it's interesting because I made it very unique. Because now I implement everything else that I've done in my life to get rid of alcohol, to change my lifestyle, to change my eating habits, to start meditating, all of this stuff like journaling, gratitude, all of that I implement within my practice. So it's very unique. It's a very unique sound healing therapy practice. And it's like, like I was saying, we can start talking about the benefits and you know the the shifts that people are noticing and oh my yeah. gosh that there, there's a stuff to talk about for hours <laughs> so so did you do so as as well as like all of this research did you do any 12 step process or would you just did the research did the meditation and pulled yourself through that way so i didn't I, I went to when I was already out of alcohol and I was helping someone get out of alcohol and I was invited, you know, to go with them. And it just doesn't work for me. Like there, there's elements of it that doesn't work for me. Um, it was through different types of meditations until I got my mind to shift in that sense of the, the alcohol was numbing the pain from childhood was an escape mechanism. When I'm able to see it in that way, I can shift that. I can connect to this adult, safe version of myself that doesn't need that anymore. So it takes time. It takes, you know, an investment of your time, like commitment, right? I'm very disciplined. So if I decide that that's the thing, it starts with the decision, right? If I decide that I'm going to implement this practice in my life, I'm going to take it seriously and I'm going to do it every day. I try to be rigid about it and it doesn't work. And what I mean by that is this. Yes, I'm going to do it every day. But if something happens and I have to miss a day, I'm not going to be bummed out about it. Right? No, I try to. No. And I used to be. Yeah, I, I used to be. And I used to be so hard on myself. And I went, why am I being hard? Like, okay, life happens. All right. Yeah. So, you know, don't be hard on yourself. As long as you do it as regularly as you yes. can. Um, it might be that you do it six days a yeah. week and not the seventh because something's cropped up yeah. or, you know, your kid's sick or and being a single mum, as you and I are, then, you know, um, at the end of the day, that's what you have to do. You've got an ill child or yeah. whatever. So, but yeah. That's the thing. I yeah. was, for for a period of time, I was kind of rigid and it's yeah. there's no happiness there. It, it was too difficult. It was too yeah. much. I would get upset if, you know, I would 
not do something that is part of my rituals, my practices, my routines, or yeah. eat something, you know, a sweet, whatever. And then I, I came into this space that I am today that I, it's like I'm saying, it's the healthiest that I've ever felt. And it's the more mm -hmm. laid back that I've ever been. Because by now, I have all the practices that I want to keep in my life. Some of them don't work, doesn't work for me. And it's fine. I don't need to do all of that. It would take me the whole day. <laughs> right. So yeah, I took yeah. the practices that work for me. I have them in a way that I appreciate doing them. So I get up in the morning, I do the practices that I want to do. And then I start my day, you know, there's no rigidity. And then throughout the day, it's the same thing. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat as clean as I can. The day that my daughter wants to make a chocolate cake. Ha, yeah, I'm going to have it. <laughs> so, you know, know what I mean? So it's like, I noticed that it, I have more opportunity to connect to the people that I have in my life. And because I have a lot of people in my life that don't have the lifestyle that I do, that are very unhealthy, right? So it's like being flexible and laid back with my practices like this keeps me on the road doing them. I do them pretty much every day. Like rarely something happens that keeps me from it. You know, if, if I'm traveling and I have like a super early meeting or whatever like that, I might skip, you know, one or two practices, whatever. However it happens, it's all perfect. That's how I look at it. So it creates this easiness to connect to everybody that I have in my life now. So yeah, coming back to the, the sound healing, I came across yeah, well, I was yeah. going to say, what, what, okay, just to stop you there, what is it? What is sound healing? Let's just, um, because some people listening to this might not even know what it yeah. is. I sort of, yeah. I don't know, but so what is it? Let's start by this. Let's say you were feeling like super sad, something happened, and you're feeling like super down. You know that there is that one song that you can put on that will lift your spirits, right? That sound healing. Oh yeah, that sound healing. That's your oh, body. Okay, right? happy day. Seriously, it's like it's your body listening to exactly what we were talking about before: the environment, right? Your body is observing the environment and is affecting your body. And when we use it in this way, it's affecting your body in a positive way, right? Not like the alcohols would affect my cells, and if I keep doing it, I would probably develop whatever, right? So this is a positive way to use the environment to affect the body, to create an effect on the body. So we use it intentionally. This specific method that I do, it's called biofield tuning, is when you are tuning the field around your body, the, the electromagnetic field that we all have, that the earth has, that the trees have, everything that's alive has this electromagnetic field around it. So the difference also from regular sound bath, you know, the, those, um, the general way that people get across sound as for healing, as therapy, uh, the difference that I notice personally is that that type of, like a sound bath, it's very relaxing. It's great. Like in the end, you feel great and everything. But the way we use it with, I use tuning forks. So the way we use it in the field and on the body, we have um, forks that we strike them and they vibrate very intensely. So we place them directly on the body and you can feel the vibration traveling throughout your body. So the difference is that we are more specific. You're going to show up with something that you want to work on. You're not sleeping good. Your digestive system sucks 
or you know you're depressed or anxious or you have chronic pain whatever it is that you show up that you want to address we're going to address that specifically on a sound bath usually I, i don't know maybe some people do address but usually you are just there to lay down relax and observe the sound and just soak it in right and then you feel very relaxed afterwards you might have some insights and stuff like that but not as usual so the way we do it we are specific we're going to work on something specifically and what i love about it is that we don't work on the behavior like you are not sleeping good we are going to work on the root that's not letting you sleep good right so we're going to work on the root of the problem if you're feeling depressed if you're feeling anxious we're going to work on the root of what that problem is we might know what it is we might not it doesn't matter the forks will hit the right spot because what's happening is that the body is the one doing its own healing right it's just using the input from the environment because it needs the input from the environment to listen to itself how it's vibrating how each each atom in its cell is vibrating so it uses that input from the fork to listen to its own vibration and harmonize how it's vibrating so when you bring everything like you bring all the cells back to balance back to harmony just like dr joe dispenza teaches bring everything back to balance back to harmony when your cells are vibrating the right way on the right frequency the, in in each area of your body in each energy center because the frequencies will change what happens is that all the cycles of the body will come back to natural so they will come back to balance also so what happens is that if you are if your body is created to lay down at night and fall asleep and wake up in the morning that's what's going to happen because that's a natural way of things right even like period sometimes people have like periods the girls especially young when they are starting with the period it can be painful it can be you know so annoying it balances that out so i do sessions on my daughter she forgets when she has her period you know and it's the same thing with me i do sessions on myself and it's like i don't feel a thing when i have my period and, and when i don't have it it's all the same so that's the thing it's like if the body is vibrating in balance all the cycles of our bodies are in balance so they they are happening the natural way that they are meant to be happening yeah and there's and i suppose there's so many different things external that affects that balance so it could be stress at work it could be stress at home it could be that you're not eating right you're not drinking right you're smoking your various different things that affect yeah. your balance um it could be it, it, like it's like it's a very emotional sort of thing but it could be that it's and you know and for anyone who thinks um wow this emotional um no what's it called this vibrating um energy and all this stuff i mean we're now starting to discover a lot of things around the vibrations and patterns within the world regarding quantum physics and various different things like different things like that and let's face it we didn't even understand quantum physics like i don't know 15 20 years ago um so there's all these things that are now sort of seeming to be discovered um that help with these theories and these things that like you're doing that where you go well 
that seems a bit like magic because it's sound therapy, but it seems to work. And, um, you know, we just don't know the stuff that's sitting behind all of that. So, yeah. So, like, how did you discover it? How did you, because, like, is it just through reading? How did you discover <laughs> Yeah, it therapy? came through the research, like, through my exploration with meditation, all types of meditation, I came across meditation that used sound, like I was saying. And then I started researching different ways to use sound for healing. Oh. And I found like the, sound, the the singing bowls and all of that. But when I found, right, when I found this method, it's so specific that I loved it. You know, I could work directing like alcoholism, whatever, whatever it is that you are struggling with. And it's nice that you were talking about the emotions because we can feel the emotions be released. Like sometimes right there in session, you can feel the emotions be released. You can feel if you are like holding on to suppressed anger, you might feel it coming up throughout the session and sometimes the next few days. So there is a possibility of detox on the next few days of whatever it is that you are releasing. So some people can feel, you know, overly emotional or super tired, like exhausted or want to cry in, for no reason. So the no reason is that it's a stuff that is kind of stagnated, is stuck in your nervous system. And when the sound allows your nervous system to get into this deep relaxation, it's very deep into your nervous system. Your nervous system are, is able to feel the safety of the environment to release whatever this stuff is that is holding on to. When, when there is that safety of that deep relaxation, the nervous system just released that stuff. And the thing is that for us to release things, for things to get out, the only way is through us, right? We're, there's no way we're going to release this stuff without passing through us. So there is this high possibility that we're going to feel it. So you can feel it in session or you can feel it afterwards in the next few days when you are detoxing. And what you are talking about that um, we are always catching on, you know, stuff from the environment. There's toxins in the environment in all ways, right? Like people around us in places and in chemical toxins and stuff like that. Our nervous system keeps kind of like accumulating that stuff. That's why we recommend to do sessions like this on a regular basis. So on the beginning, you can do even weekly. Not more than that, because of that detoxing period, you need some time to integrate and everything. So you start weekly and you do some sessions weekly. Depends on where you are at. If you are already like doing a lot of healing work and stuff, it might be just a few sessions. And then you could do bi-weekly or maybe once a month, just kind of that maintenance, right? To, to keep releasing everything that's coming from the environment and it's getting accumulated on your nervous system, creating a stress of some sort. It can be physical if you have aches and pains. It can be mental if you have, you know, the, the negative thought cycles going or stuff like that. Emotional if you're feeling down, depressed, a, a variety of different types of stress keep accumulating on the nervous system. And the, the beauty of this, too, is that you don't need to do it in person. You can do it from anywhere because, one, you can hear the sound through the phone when we do it, and it's already relaxing. But 
Another very important aspect of it that we can do it at a distance is that intention is a huge part of the process. It's our intention to be healing. So if I'm doing a session on you and you have a specific intention, it's both of us holding that intention throughout the session. So even if you are over there in Australia and I am over here in Florida <laughs> and we do a session, you will feel the energy yeah. moving through your body and the release. I just did a session for the first time on this new client this past week before I went to my retreat. I did a session on her. It was the first time she lives probably like half an hour from me. She's like, I don't want to go to your office. Can we just do it at the distance? So I'm like, it's what I do the most. <laughs> it's at the distance. So we did it at the distance. She's a new client. So I'm yeah. always checking in and stuff kind of, you know, getting to know the way that she is throughout session and all that. And the first time I went to do a check-in on her, I was probably like five, maybe a, a few more minutes, like in the session. And I asked her how, what she was noticing and everything. And she had to take herself out of the mute. She muted herself because she said, I'm already crying and there's so much going on already. I feel a whole bunch of shit going on. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, don't worry about it. You don't have to mute yourself. That's part of the session. I'm used to it. It's okay. And she's like, okay, so just if I get too crazy, I'll mute myself. And then down the road in the middle of the session, she had to mute herself again because she wanted to, you know, vocalize. So she was kind of screaming a bit. Yeah. So you'll feel it. You'll feel the oh, energy wow. moving through your body. You'll feel the release. <clears throat> It's sound though, isn't it? So it's not as though you've, I mean, like if you wanted like you to physically ting the, um, sorry, and I'm so, so not experienced, right. but ting the, ting the sound forks and put them on your body. You've obviously got to be physically to be there. But apart from that, it's the um, same. Yeah. It's the sound. It's the same. And you know what? It's not as though the sound waves are going to change coming over a Zoom or over yeah. a phone or whatever. It's not people yeah. don't even need to be. I have peers that got trained in the same place that I did, that some of the sessions that they do, they, they are not even on the phone with the person. It's just the intention. The person knows the time that they're going to be doing the session, so they just relax and be on the receiving mode, and they do the session, and the person feels it. Well, Think about it. All these people that we're talking about now, right, with the quantum field and quantum physics and all of that, we're all yes. connected. So it doesn't matter really where you are, oh. you know, for, for you yeah. to feel what's going on. It's what they say of the phenomena also when you think about someone and they call you. You know yes. what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's the thing. Yes, I do. Oh, no, That's I do. what they say. It's because, because of the field, the ether that connects us all, when you think about them, because you guys have a good connection, they kind of get it. They get the energy. They get the poke, you know, that you are thinking about them. So they think about calling you, but it came from you, right? So yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah. I don't like to do sessions like that when the person is not on the phone. I do it. You know, if the person can't be on the phone and stuff like that and don't want to be on the phone, it's fine. I do it. Sometimes it does happen. But I like being on the phone because I like to check in. You know, sometimes they say, this part of my body is kind of hurting and I can go and address that part of the body and then it releases, you know? Okay. So I like it better because yeah. of that, because of that engagement that I have. With it's personalized yeah, as such. I like, and you it. Can, yeah. I like it that way. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't matter. So, and so the main thing with this is, though, like um, the reason the reason I got you on, on my show was because happy mum, happy dad, 
means happy kids, doesn't it? But kids also can benefit from this as well. Because you do because basically sound therapy, right? How old do you need to be to do sound exactly. therapy? Kids can benefit I mean babies. Well, so there are a few um a few situations that could be too much for the detox. Like if someone is pregnant, okay. right? And then go through this deep oh. detox, not good. If yeah. they have no, like no, cancer no. that is like terminal, that they are like very, very ill, a detox wouldn't be a good idea. Or like if they have like pacemaker, you know, stuff like that. Like if the person is like in a stage that they are not strong enough for the detox, it's really not recommended. But I've been doing sessions on my daughter for some time now. She's 14. I've been doing sessions on her for a long time. And I do teens, I do younger people, kids, totally fine. Pets, they love it. Dogs, I do dogs. Oh yeah, my God. I do my clients' dogs. I have peers that do horses. I know someone that have done an elephant. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you want to bring this stuff back into balance, right? The dogs today are getting mm. so much cancer. It's ridiculous because of how much yeah. they observe the frequency from the owners. They are observing the stress. They are observing the sadness. They are observing all of this stuff that is going on in their environment, just like we do, right? So why not balance yeah. them out, help them to release that stuff? It's been great. Like I know a lot of people that do, there is actually a lot of people that do just pets. It's crazy. It's like everybody can benefit. Wow. Well, yeah. Exactly. I mean, crikey, I'm wanting to learn this now. Um, okay, so um, so does it, oh, here we go. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole now. Is it, does it treat certain conditions? Like what's, can it treat anxiety? Like what, what does potentially it treat? There we go. Yes. I'm going round and round in circles asking you the question. But no. yeah, like... Give me some examples. Yes, this is actually a great question because the way we look at it is like this. When we have experiences in our lives, they get stored in our field, like especially mm. unprocessed experiences, right? So they get stored in our field, in this electromagnetic field that is supposed to be flowing with energy, like naturally flowing. And you can tell when someone has their field kind of like very adjusted and energy is just flowing because they they have joy in their life. They love being alive and being here and doing whatever, you know, and even the little mm. things, it's like pleasing to them and stuff like that. And you notice when someone has blocks because there's something that's happening that's keeping them down, that's keeping them like negative, complaining, blaming, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, You can feel that there's something that doesn't feel natural right? Like you go out in nature, you hang out around the tree. Oh my gosh, it feels so good. Like the air is so delicious. And you know, like nature is just so gorgeous. It feels good because everything is in balance, right? So you hang around someone that has blocks and stuff like that, you feel drained. So the way we look at it is that all these experiences that we had that are within our field are the lenses within which we perceive our reality. 
So that's why we perceive it so differently. If you and I look at the same situation, I'm going to have one perception of it. You're going to have a whole different one from a whole different angle because your life experience was completely different than my life experience. So the lenses within which you are perceiving that same situation, the lenses are completely different than my lenses. So it makes perfect sense that we all see our reality, perceive our reality completely different. Some people are so negative, they can only see the things that are going wrong in their lives. Some people are so positive, they can only see what's going right. Even when something goes wrong, they go like, well, so be it. You know, how about this other thing here that is working, right? Right? Yeah. What we notice with these sessions is that once you get into a regular cleanup like this, like I love when kids ask me, like, why do we meditate? (laughs) And I can explain to them, it's, it's the hygiene of the mind right? We have our hygiene, we brush our teeth, we wash our bodies, wash our hair, we we do all of that. That's the hygiene of the mind. It's when you're going to release all this stuff that the environment is putting in, you know, by the stuff we watch, the people we talk to, the music we listen to, whatever it is. So this is the same thing. When we do this hygiene of the electromagnetic field around of our bodies, we can see the same situation just for what it is not bringing this baggage of our experiences to it and projecting it to it, right? So as a simple um, example for people to relate to it, it's those images that a psychologist would show you, that it's this blur of paint, and they ask you, what are you seeing? That has a name, I forget. But they ask you, what are you seeing? And the researches show that if you show it to a traumatized person, they will see something that has to do with their trauma. Like they show it to the veterans and they say, well, that looks like a piece of an arm that is, you know, out of the body or something like that, like a piece of a body and stuff like that. They show it to people that don't have any traumas that are considered like healthy, like emotionally and stuff like that healthy. They'll see regular things. They see like a table or a butterfly, you know, just regular daily things like that. So that explains to you. The traumatized person is bringing their trauma and projecting it to the pain, right? So once you do sessions like this and you do this hygiene and take that stuff out of the way, you are just going to see the situation for what it is. So someone is depressed. Someone is depressed. There's something that is out of alignment, right? They are like attached to something, some outcome that's not happening or anxious about the future, something that they want to happen, but they don't have the trust to just, you know, have the faith to just chill and wait for it to unfold. They want to make it happen. They want to take over and all of that. So it creates that agitation. And so once you clear up all that stuff out of the way, you are able to just see for what it is. You see the past for what it is, and you also see the future for what it is. You don't know what's going to happen. And that's okay. That's exactly. Fine. You never know what was going to happen your whole life because we don't. We can try to figure it out, but it, not often it, it turns out the way we think it would, right? No. So once no. you clear the, the junk out of the way, you shift. You, you, you notice the mind shift of, out of depression, out of anxiety, out of sadness, anger, whatever it is that you're dealing with. Then you are just present then life just is. Yeah. And that's what life is anyway. It just is. Right. And I suppose, like, I sit there and I go, 
if we're grateful for what we've got now, then at the end of the day, like what what is depression? What is anxiety? It's all about what people think is going to happen to them or happen in the future or happen like or what they want to have happen to them. And like, like you said, like even having a nine to five job is like awesome, right? Because you ain't down in the shit clearing up whatever um but then like even if you might be enjoying dance being down in the shit might be what you love right so who cares nine to five job might do your head in right that might be your torture so it is about whatever whatever you do that happy um and go from there so I wanted to ask this question because it fascinates me. Like how long is sound therapy something that's just in the last 20 years materialised? How long has this been around for and where did it come from? Like who did this? Yeah, that's a great question. Is it some hippie in the 70s that like created this? I'm sure it isn't, but. That's a great question. So there's this um, platform that's called Gaia TV. Have you heard of it? Yes, I've heard of Gaia TV. So. Yes, I have. If you watch some documentaries, if you search for sound in, on Gaia TV and you watch some documentaries, yeah. it's impressive how far they are getting, like finding stuff that is oh, related really? to sound. So it's thousands and thousands and thousands of years yeah. ago, they already used sound with healing properties. Some people say that even the pyramids from Egypt were created yeah. for healing through sound within because of the dimensions and everything create the perfect i don't have the word like like the perfect place. sound studio yeah, or whatever. whatever like the perfect place for the sound to resonate in the perfect way to bring healing to the body so wow. right some people talk about the bible like when it says first was the word some people say that the original one said logos which means sound that first thing that came was sound. So God spoke, right? So I can't really tell you like it's here that it started. But what I know by the research that I have done and that I keep doing is that it's getting old and older and older and older, like thousands of years. They have like tribes in South America, ancient civilizations and stuff like that already used sound for healing. So it's nothing new. <laughs> so okay so this sound therapy though is it just like is it just like meditating no N no not really yeah no, so okay because it's so you're going in is it the reason i'm asking that is because could you just not listen to a chant online and wouldn't that be right. the same no because it's not directed to where you are at today that's kind of like um, okay. a generic, you know, something that you can use for yeah. sure. It will help you in some ways. But it's like if you want to show up with something specific to be addressed, you know, having someone live working with you or even like something that was recorded but was recorded for that specific something that you are looking for, right? Yeah. But then, again, having said that, I do implement my knowledge in meditation to my sessions because I have been studying meditation from the beginning. It was one of the first tools that I came across. 
So it's been years and years and years that I've been practicing and studying different styles of meditation. So yes, I do bring a guided grounding meditation, depends on what we're working on. I do guide you through some visualization and stuff throughout the session. So, and I do feel like after I have started to implement more of my other tools to my practice, first, I wanted to do the practice well. So I was very like diligent to do it the way I learned it. And then once I, I was comfortable with it, I started implementing the other tools that I carry with me. I noticed that people go way deeper. So one example, it's like yeah. Dr. Joe Dispenza, when we do his meditations, he teaches us to use some head headphones if you are not doing guided and you are just like, like I do them so much by now that I remember them so I can do it by myself in silence. But he says, put, put some um, plugs on your ears and like eye mask and stuff like that to disconnect from the environment from sounds from the environment, from lights moving from the environment so that you can go deeper within. So I recommend that too. You know, people come to me or they, they're going to do it from home. We do it re remotely. I tell them, if you do headphones to listen to the session and an eye mask, you are going to go way deeper because there is no noises from the environment distracting you, bringing you back to the now, right? Yes. So you can go into yes. the body. Yes. So I, I do notice that my knowledge of meditation does help my sessions to be way deeper and more potent, but it's not like meditation, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I must say it's around tuning into that vibration of that person, isn't it? And like you say, listening to stuff, I mean, it's great for meditation and I'm not poo-pooing it at all, but if you want to do sound, sound therapy, it is around um, tuning into that person's aura or energy, for want of a better word. <laughs> aura. Yeah, it's more around energy. Yeah, because because like you say, if you're listening to something online, that's very much like created for yeah, the general public as such. It's not individualized, um, and so therefore, if you want individualized personal sound therapy, that's where it goes from. No, 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 that's good. That's good. So, um, okay, so how do people get in contact with you if they want to learn more? Um, or ask any questions or anything like that. How do yeah. they contact you? So I put everything on my website to make it easy. I used to give them my website, all the links for social media and email and all of that. I find it way oh. easier. Like I give you my website and all the links are there. Yes. And it's all on So there. my website yeah. is my first name, yeah. Mayara, M-A-Y-A-R-A dash Souza, S-O-U-Z-A.com. Pretty easy. Cool. Simple. Simple, simple, simple. And I'll put it all, all of that in the blurb anyway. So that's awesome. And look, one final question. I wonder what you're going to answer with this. I wonder what you're going to answer. One final question is, what book would you recommend to my audience to read and why? What? <laughs> yeah, just, wow. Well, I don't know. I say one, right? But I, I got three the other day from a person I was in. Okay. So, yeah, so let's whatever. do this. I have one that came to mind, which is great. But when you go to my website, also in the resources, it has suggested reading and you have a list. 
this size. So oh my god! So massive way better. It's a massive list. It's like a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff on healing trauma, on sound healing, on spirituality. A lot, a lot of good stuff. All these people that we are talking about—they're all there. So where do you start first? Where would you start first? I feel like that's why this one came to mind. So this book is called Radical Forgiveness. Have you heard of it? So radical no. forgiveness. No, this is what I yeah, have. So of. radical forgiveness. I think his name is Tim Collin, if I remember correctly. The writer is Tim Collin, and it's a book that he kind of based it in um, A Course in Miracles, which is another one that I highly recommend. But if you are new to the whole healing thing, A Course in Miracles can be very complex. So I like the other books that people base yeah. out of it because they're more digested and they're shorter and they're easier. So get gets people in. So Radical Forgiveness, I, I believe it came to mind because I noticed um, in sessions, like there is this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not going to find a word, but anyways, usually, <laughs> usually the the root of the problem whatever the problem is the root of the problem has to do with forgiveness with something that we are holding on to that's really not serving us anymore and we are holding on thinking about this other thing this person did this to me or you know that happened whatever whatever and we don't forgive and let go and it's not for them it's for us it's for our own health So he goes over forgiveness in that sense that we got to do it for ourselves. And I noticed that I recommend it to people. And it's like, I I have not met someone that doesn't benefit from it because we all have things in our lives that we are holding on to that we were supposed to have that, let that go some time ago. And once we do, once we do the work and allow these things to just be released to just let go we notice all those shifts that i'm talking about all the shifts that start start happening because you let go of that thing that's holding you down right so i guess that's why this book came because it's very like overall everybody can benefit from it so radical forgiveness but there's a huge list on my website if you want to try out other stuff Awesome. (laughs) Definitely going on your website and having a look at that. That's cool. Awesome. Look, thank you so much for coming and joining us today. It's been great talking to you. Love talking to you. Um, And we'll definitely get you back on because I know you're going away to a 10-day silent retreat sometime soon. So um, it would be good to actually talk to you about your experiences there because it's something I've always wanted to do. I'm not sure I'd be able to keep quiet for 10 days, I'm, but it's a challenge and I'm up for any challenge. So, um, yeah, look, thank you very much for joining Absolutely. us. Thank you so much for the platform. I appreciate the opportunity to share this stuff with people and you definitely can do it. I just did a three day and it was awesome. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, I'm tempted to do the three day actually, I must admit. Yeah. Definitely, definitely hold myself away and try and yeah. do a three day. Hopefully, when Oscar's at his dad's, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could do it when he's here. But anyway, um, yeah, look, you have a wonderful rest of your evening there in sunny California. And um, yeah, I've got to start my day in Melbourne. There you rubbish. go. You enjoy the day too, my friend. It was a pleasure talking with you too. Pleasure talking to you. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.